Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of the Pink Bike Podcast. Today, we're talking hardtails, and with me, I have Sarah Moore. She's here instead of James. Sarah, how's it going today? Going well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Are you ready to read the news? You have to read the whole news with British accent to be like Jimmy, okay? Got it. Okay. We also got Brian, as usual, my real boss. Brian. How are you? Great. Are you excited to talk about hardtails? So excited. Yes. Yes. And Casimir, I know you're excited to talk about hardtails. Casimir, you hate them with the fire of a thousand burning suns, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. So much. <laughs> okay. Now that we've Not really. figured out, <laughs> there are a zillion hardtails coming out right now. It feels like there's actually only three, but it feels like a lot because we never see a whole bunch of them. But guys, when was the last time you spent any time on a hardtail? And did you enjoy it, Brian? Uh, I mean, I have a hardtail right now from uh, from that boomer bike you guys keep making fun of me for from from Moots. Um, it's pretty fun. I've ridden it more times than I thought I would on trails. Yeah, or just on the actual store. No, on actual trails. I know mostly on Seymour though. Like definitely <laughs> okay. on the me- on the mellow trails around. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a good the Greenland Loop. It's good. Yeah, I mean that Moots is beautiful though. So mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I, I like. I'll, I'll talk about it later, but. I like what it's trying to do. Yeah. Bef- before we move the on, I just have one question. What about, does it have, is it that Moots with that little squishy like, no. pretend shock in the back? No? No, no, oh. no. It's just, it's just like an XC bike with slightly less XC-ish angles. It, it really is a, a boomer bike, but yeah. I do like it. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? I know you got some hardtail experience. Yeah. I think I've only been riding like friends dirt jumpers recently. Like the last time I actually rode mm-hmm. a hardtail was... Like when I was racing cross country, like I raced when I did my two World Cups. Give me like the year. The give me the year. 2012. And I can guess by that year that you definitely did not enjoy it. No. Okay. It was like the first 29er cross country hardtails that were coming out. And oh, it was like, so. well, I could get a full suspension, six, I don't know, 26 inch bike or a 29er hardtail. Those are my options. Yeah. So just the scariest geo. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. And Casimir, I thought I got we, really good at biking after I like stopped riding those bikes. And I'm like, yeah. oh, actually, they're just really hard to ride. <laughs> Especially that one from 2012. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need to ask Casimir. We know he hates our tails. So Sarah, take it away with the news. <laughs> Even <laughs> though I, I rode one more recently than anyone here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after three weeks, though, the Crankwork Summer Series has wrapped up. Via Verbeek and Finn Isles took the overalls. There was some pretty exciting racing, like considering there was only 25 racers, all Canadian. I wasn't sure what they were going to be able to do with that series, but I think they they did a really good job. And it was really interesting to see like a lot of the racers excelled in disciplines that weren't their own. So like Jesse winning the kicking horse downhill. Uh, so Finn, good riders are good. <laughs> they're good at everything, right? And yeah. Finn Isles won all three enduro races. Um, that's got a that's got a sting for the enduro guys. Do you think that they were holding back? Um, I don't feel like they have that much of a hold back button. Yeah, I feel like they're all super competitive. Do you you really think Jesse holds back once that clock starts ticking? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they had trouble kind of getting up to speed at the beginning of like the first week. They were kind of slower. And then, yeah, Jesse pulls out that um, the win in the the kicking horse downhill. So that was pretty cool. And yeah, Mark Wallace, the downhill racer, his actually his best downhill result was eighth. Uh, but then he finished like second, fourth, and sixth in the dual slalom event. So it was really cool just to see like that variety. And and, and it kind of puts to rest. It kind of puts to rest to the 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 idea that the enduro guys are all somehow slightly less skilled 
or technically skilled on the bike than than the downhill guys and girls. You know, it's not that is generally been the the rub. Well, I mean, Finn did win the enduro, so doesn't that he did win all the enduros? Yeah, but then he lost some downhill races. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, that argument doesn't hold water at all. Yeah, because these guys are all so good and girls. They're all just super talented. Yeah, and then. From that three-week marathon of racing, uh, now the Enduro Racers, they're headed to round one of the Enduro World Series in Europe. So first race, looks like we're going to have some EWS racing August 30th in Zermatt. So international racing, looks like it's going to happen. That being said, Sam Hill just announced that he'll be missing the first EWS this year. Um, As you know, he's the reigning champion. He's won the past three years in a row. Uh, but he said he won't be heading to Europe uh, from Western Australia to compete in the last five or, or the five EWS rounds um, because of COVID-19. That's fair. Do we know if Rude and Richie Rude and Auten and some of the other big guys are going? We don't know yet. I wonder if we're going to see any of these guys pull out after Sam's announcement or, if, you know, there mm-hmm. won't actually be a championship, like a champion um, named for this year. So they're like Sam Hill will start next season as, as the reigning champion. So kind really? of a, uh, yeah, did, because not everybody's going to be able to go. They've decided to kind of change, uh, change that. Hmm. I mean, like series with an this asterisk. Is, yeah. yeah. There's gonna be asterisk <laughs> series. Could be a good resume builder for the riders that haven't done anything yet this year. And we're kind of on that bubble of like, oh, I need to re up my sponsorship. Like I better put a race result in. So some people yeah. probably be trying pretty hard just to get some results no. for, to show their and, sponsors. Some of the folks who would be in the top 40 will be in the top 20 with a lot of people not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So could be good for some people, not so good for other people. But yeah, I'm excited to see some racing, at least on the international level. So we also saw that Forbidden Bicycle Company is working on something new. Uh, the bike was seen in the top secret location of the Whistler Mountain Bike Park. It's almost like they wanted some spy shots. And it looks like a longer version of their high pivot Druid trail bike, uh, which would make sense since they signed Lewis Buchanan earlier this year to race in the Enduro, Enduro World Series. Um, and is this something that you guys are looking forward to riding? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I reviewed that Druid when that first came out. And even at the time, they'd already mentioned that there'd be a longer travel one somewhere in the future. And so as once we're going to get our hands on this thing, we'll give it a try. How much travel do we think it has? We think it has 160. Mm-hmm. And it has a Fox 38 up front. Yeah, there's one with Zeb too. So I'd imagine it falls into that kind of Zeb bike realm, mm-hmm. 160, 170 kind of. Where the EWS is moving to. Yeah. I'm just so impressed with Forbidden and how like resolved and real these bikes look for a fairly small operation. Um, they're oh, really, really polished. It. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Well, they, the factory they use is a good factory. And it's obviously Owen has some previous experience working in those factories. So I think it helps them get some pretty good products out there. Kaz, what did you like about that Druid that you rode? What was your... Um, I do think that high pivot system and that kind of rearward, rearward axle path just made it have a really cool feel when you when you landed. It just had a kind of like stuck to the ground feeling that you wouldn't expect from a... I think that was a 120 bike, 125. Um, so it felt a little bit more of a... felt less like a trail bike than you would expect. So, yeah. um, you think that there will be more advantages to that system on sort of a mid-travel enduro... Yeah, I think so. I mean, because I've ridden high pivot downhill bikes and those are pretty amazing just the way that they kind of, they actually do kind of erase the bumps. And so I think with a longer travel version, you could really take even more advantage of how that feels. What's going to be interesting is that Owen, who used to work for Norco, is coming out with this high pivot uh, forbidden. 
And it looks like from the spy shots we've seen that, that Norco's got a high pivot Enduro-ish bike coming too. And um, by the time we're just working on right now, we've pu- published it before, but Cannondale has that sort of semi-high pivot uh, Enduro-ish bike coming. And then there's so. the Kraven, Kravens, is that how you say it? Kravitz? Kravens, yeah. HP-16, the One German the bike. is not like the other, Kaz. <laughs> what, what's, what's different about it? I mean, that's not a, that's not a, I don't want to say it's not a real. It's real. It's but real. It's, but I mean, it's certainly not as big a company as the others. No, but it's a high pivot 160 bike. It's probably just as big as Forbidden, maybe. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so should, should we, we have one of those coming too. So anyway. I feel like we need to do like a, a high pivot field test. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we Not have crazy. All, if they're all around, we'll see how they stack yeah. up. You, you know, I actually disagree because I, I care more about the differences between the high pivots and the not high pivots. Like I want to know how things are different rather than just four bikes yeah. that are all the same. Yeah, but yeah. if you were in the market for a high pivot, wouldn't you want to know yeah. what the best high pivot is? Fair. Yeah, the highest of all high <laughs> The highest. And you guys would probably <laughs> compare them to other bikes that you've yeah, ridden. Yeah, we'll, you wouldn't we'll just figure be like... Out. There's a lot of cool new bikes coming in the next three months. I'm going to need a bigger garage, I think. Nice. As I'm moving on, uh, the Red Bull Rampage production and Paul Bass's documentary, Any One of Us, won sports Emmys, which is pretty cool for mountain biking world. Um, the Red Bull Rampage broadcast earned the Outstanding Digital Innovation Award, which is, I think, they've come a long way with their Rampage um, production over the years. And the other award that they won for the Any One of Us um, documentary, they won Outstanding Editing for Long Form. That's very cool. Yeah, super cool. I mean, that's an amazing documentary, so I think it's well-deserving of lots of awards. And in other news, there are two new bikes from Canyon. We saw Mark Wall. From Rampage. Speaking of Rampage. Speaking of Rampage. (laughs) (laughs) One of them is is relevant. We've got a a 19-pound hardtail. (laughs) No, we're going to talk about Mark Wallace's new sender first. Uh, He was riding it at the Craigworks Summer Series, and then now Canyon have announced the details on it. Um, Dan Roberts wrote it. Is it new? It sure looks like the old one. It's a little different. It's more of an update revision rather than like a yeah. complete overhaul. But What's it's got different? big wheels now. Well, bigger wheels. Oh, Last one was 27.5 inch wheels. Uh, they pay attention the, more to the things on pink bike, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's mullet version for the small and medium and then the large and XLR 29 inch front and rear. Um, and they updated the suspension layout a little bit. Kind of tweaked that. There's some cool little details. They also trimmed a bunch of weight. Like the complete bike that Dan Roberts has is... Uh, just below 35 pounds, which is pretty light for a downhill bike. And the price is, you know, Canyon's known for their pretty reasonable pricing. So the prices on that looks pretty good too for your kind of privateer racer could get a World Cup level bike for not a crazy amount of money. I just want to say like Levy's always down when on brands when they only like evolve a thing rather than just tear it down and start boring. <laughs> yeah. But that's how how you know it's going to probably be good like yeah yeah hey i'm not here to talk common sense okay (laughs) yeah i know i rode the last bike remember i rode brosnan's like two years ago at crank week it was cool yeah i'm sure this one is better it's a great bike i just wish it was completely different and wacky (laughs) yeah (laughs) you could talk on that (laughs) a little bit wacky is their other bicycle definitely not rampage appropriate they've come out with a super light hardtail their exceed hardtail with unicorn hair carbon fiber what do you think of that is that wacky enough for you 
That is pretty wacky. That's some clever naming of carbon fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Oh, Vernon, Vernon, did you write that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I wish it did. was colored. I wish it had like rainbows and sparkles and stuff. One of them does. Well, not like white, like a, it's black. The, the, the logos are all colored and cool looking. No, I want like a white bike with like rainbow sparkles from the unicorn hair. Go to Europe, Casimir. I know. Well, yeah, I can't. I'm trapped in America. <laughs> oh, that, that's money. fair. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want us. <laughs> but yeah, um, the bike so is crazy light. It, it, the frame is 835 grams. Casimir, how much does a, a an XO something weigh? Like a, a DHR2 XO tires, like nine something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. The tires are heavier than the bike. One XO tire is heavier yeah. than this frame. That's I amazing. mean, that's there's lots of really light frames yeah. out there. So, well, yeah, because then, yeah. Speaking of hardtails, Mondrager just released one as well, uh, and they uh, one upping, one upping, from the lightest one ever. They one upped the Uno, yeah. the Uno Aura, and the Specialized Epic by 15 grams those were 790 grams and this new mondraker podium is 775 grams sick so, so like 15 <laughs> grams like i don't even know how much that is like yeah. ellipsil <laughs> and you gotta keep in mind that these are all claimed weights because all the companies you know if we had them all on hand we could see which is which but there's manufacturing tolerances you know either way if you had any of those three bikes it's gonna be crazy light I don't know which one would be lighter though without having it. I would definitely probably take that lighter one than the claimed weight. Would you think, or would they just take the no, lightest one? I wouldn't say it's lighter than the claimed weight. Sometimes it's heavier, especially no. if you put like the they water bottle bosses back on and like yeah, yeah they, they could all they, be the same weight. Like, they take off things like seat clamps and derailleur hangers and water bottle bolts and paint. and weigh it. Yeah, and do that kind of. Oh, stuff. Oh, I think it but, did specify one of them. It said with paint. I was like, yeah, and like axles and things. But most companies are pretty good about saying what they come with. But still, until you have it in your hands, you don't really know. But you know you're dealing with dorks when you have to clarify that this weight is with paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, because, um, I mean, what else, what are the other selling features of these hardtails? No. I guess we'll get into that more later, but it seems like the weight on these super light. Uh, well, I think that Mondraker has some pretty, I think that Mondraker has some pretty good geometry. Um, I haven't looked at the numbers, so I don't know off the top of my head, but I would guess that they're... <laughs> They're the same as all the other ones. <laughs> I would guess that they're better. I like the stuff that Mondraker does. They do some awesome, interesting things. And bikes, their bikes work how I like them to work. Um, yeah, I think this this Mondraker podium hardtail would be good. Yeah, the 68.5 degree head angle on that one. So Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to ride it. Pretty, pretty hardtail. <laughs> Backtrack. Backtrack. It's, it's a half a degree slacker. That means it's super progressive for ultra light uh -huh. hardtails. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you I, could build it, them up below the UCI weight limit pretty easy, I think. There's no UCI weight limit for, the, for like bikes. below the, the you could build the, the road, road bike one. weight limit. Yeah, you can oh yeah, like, yeah. Do we know what does. like the the quote unquote unicorn hair carbon is just is that just the the fancy Torre? Yeah, fiber? It, exactly. It's like a it's supposed to be stiffer and better and stronger, but just a little bit harder carbon fiber to source. I think. And and. Oh, I, I should ask Dan, but he's probably eating dinner now out in the Europe Times. Um, he said he mentioned that like three brands now are using it. So I'm, I know that Scott was using it. I think Specialized is using it. Do we, do we know if that's what they're using? And then uh, now can I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know the exact yeah. carbon numbers of what these companies yeah. are using. But yeah, kind of expensive, light, stiff, strong, supposedly. Yeah. And then there's also and, like those VMC entry-level cross-country hardtails that were released those recently. Cool. That yeah you were able to ride. So yeah, lots of hardtails that have been 
released recently. Is Kaz going to have to be reviewing a bunch of hardtails coming up here, Brian? Yeah, all of them. Kaz is going to be a hardtail specialist. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I heard that's really good for people that have bad backs and stuff. Yeah, it's going to feel nice. On yeah, my, yeah. My back. yeah. Hey, I think we're selling those BMC hardtails short. That's I think of all the hardtails launched, those are the ones that impress me the most. They're fairly inexpensive, fairly entry level, but and actually have really, really good progressive geometry on an XC mm-hmm. bike. Yeah, we talked about them because they kind of came out the week before. We talked about them last week a bit, but oh, um, I yeah, they look like oh yeah, you missed it. You should have listened. <laughs> but yeah, they do look good. They're the kind of bike you know if you're an XC racer on a budget, they have some really good priced aluminum ones, and the numbers look a little bit more easy to get along with on trails that go downhill and uphill. So there you have it. That's the uh, news roundup for this week. All right, so we're gonna keep it on hardtails uh, first. This is where we'd usually answer a whole bunch of questions that you guys have asked us in previous podcast episodes, uh, but there aren't a whole bunch of them. So dudes, girls, ask us a whole bunch of questions. I've got all kind of kinds of investment advice. You know, if you need Relation- to know where to put your money, relationship, relationship advice. advice. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell wanna you. Want to know about we, aliens? Hey, if you guys want to know about aliens, you guys want to talk about the Nimitz encounters in a podcast, I am your man. Ask us in the comment section below. Uh, now... We're going to keep talking about hardtails. I think this might dissolve into an argument. We'll see. I think, I think they ride a lot of hardtails in the hollow earth. They would. That's where all the hardtails yeah. belong, if you ask in me. The, <laughs> in the Dyson would, Sphere hollow earth. Hey, why would you ride a hardtail when there's something better? I don't understand it. <laughs> a good question. <laughs> oh Let's get God. to that. Let's get to that right now. Uh, we've just tested a whole bunch of the latest full suspension cross-country bikes, But what about all these bikes without suspension? What about hardtails? How come we don't see more hardtail reviews on pink bikes? Well, one reason they don't change as often as full suspension bikes. You know, a lot of times, typically a product cycle for a full suspension bike is like three years. A hardtail can last in that lineup for years and years and years without needing too many changes. So that's one reason. So we don't actually hate them. Hmm. I, I don't. That. I don't hate them. Yeah. I mean, we've all we've all spent a ton of time on hardtails too, haven't we? Like, Casimir, tell me, yeah. tell us, tell me about the hardtails that you've ridden. I'm sure you've ridden some weird ones. My hardtail history. Yeah. yeah. No, I I grew up riding hardtails. I was at XC Dork on the East Coast. I had a spooky June bug back in the day, which I loved. Oh. Which I still wish I had that. Classic. Scandium Kona for a bit. Um, yeah. Eventually, I kind of moved into full suspension bikes. But even throughout all that, I've always had a dirt jump bike. Every once in a while, I'll get like a steel hardtail for some reason and realize I don't really need that and then I get rid of it. But, <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's, the, I, that's part of the cycle I'm on currently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I want this hardtail. You ride it a bit. You're like, nah, I kind of like my full suspension. But, but yeah, I don't actually have anything all the way against them. Well, then how come you're not riding a hardtail? Like, legit question right now. Let's say, let's say Brian fires you after this podcast because for he some reason. <laughs> he refuses to test hardtails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... You have some nice hardtail. This is your bike for the next like two or three years. Like, are you going to, you're going to ride it, I assume. If I had to ride a hardtail for the next two or three years, yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I would. A deal breaker. But if it. I had the choice, no, no, like I can have, yeah. have a good time on hardtail. Why wouldn't you pick, why wouldn't you pick a hardtail then? Tell me why you, you wouldn't pick a hardtail to ride. Comfort more than anything and the ability to go faster. Mm-hmm. Like there is a limit to how fast you can ride a hardtail no matter how many, you know, shreddits you see with these guys going crazy fast. Like it's so much easier to go fast on a full suspension bike. That's just science, I think. Yeah. Sarah, you said you had a Trek what was it? Superfly. A, a Superfly. Yeah. Back in 2012, was that Back the last hardtail that you rode? Ah, uh, the last one that I owned. Um, the last. 
bike that I've ridden was probably more of like a friend's dirt jumper. I, I don't think I've owned a hardtail. That's because you know. Yeah. I was going to say, so you missed, you missed the like early 2000s, uh, like Gen 1 freeride hardtail grossness, hey? Yeah, I think we had this, like, what were the tech editors riding 10 years ago? And I, I had a picture of my bike, and Kaz had a picture of his, his bike, and he's like, I don't think we we're riding the same trails. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, yeah, early teens and early 2000s and racing cross-country and spandex. Very different than Casimir and I wearing cargo oh. pants and a dirt jump helmet, such <laughs> skinnies. No, such skinnies. <laughs> I do not. I, I miss them. I saw a video of some guy in Squamish is building some trail that looks like it's all old school skinnies, and I really want to go ride it. So as soon as I can, I'm going to ride those skinnies. And do you, Levy, what's your what's your what's your hardtail history, Levy? Uh, it's kind of like Casimir's, a little less XC though. Uh, when I was doing the hardtail thing, I was definitely in the middle of sending it. So I went through two or three or four DMR sidekicks. I like those because yeah, they were they were almost like suspension. They get you know they gave a little bit, and then sometimes they moved a little too much, and they didn't move back to where they were supposed to be. So you got a new <laughs> one. It's okay. Um, and then I had a two four three when I went yes. through the sidekicks, and I got that because it wouldn't bend. That's also responsible for me limping a lot today, you know, 15 years later or something. And then I had some, a club roost that didn't roost at all. Um, so just a lot of like jumpy. Hot, classic Levy blaming the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the Zonic Steelhead. I just had a flashback to that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. There were some good things out there-ish, you know, so like some yeah, fun yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. They were interesting. God, I mean, were those like the Latoy? Uh-huh. Like the Dude. porn king, like oh, Jesus do you remember hell. those videos of that French guy riding that tiny little toy and jumping over like three hundred steps in Paris? <laughs> like, <laughs> don't you have something to live for? What are you doing? <laughs> or also um, Russ Morrell in uh, oh yeah, yes. he did rampage on it. Yep. Yeah, did he has alpha or something. I don't remember what bike it was. It was a Minuteman. Has, yeah, was it a Minuteman. Yeah, both a Minuteman. Uh-huh. Yeah, he has. I think the the world record. For biggest hardtail drop, from, you can keep from it. Yeah, you can yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good job, Russ. Nobody yep. wants to try good it. Job. That. Man, I had a lot of fun on those bikes back in the day. Those hardtails, and I think they also like I learned a ton on them. Some of those like basic, you know, jump manual kind of playing around skills I learned on hardtails that I'm not convinced that I would learn those on a full suspension bike. To be honest. It's weird that they haven't. It's weird that those skills haven't really carried over for you to full suspension bike. (laughs) I learned them (laughs) twenty years ago, and then I forgot them. (laughs) We this podcast needs a mute button. (laughs) But I I think that I learned a lot on those bikes, and they definitely helped my progression. At one point, I had that two four three hardtail with a like a Manitou Sherman on the front, and then my other bike was a giant ATX DH downhill bike, that blue one with the, you know, look like a motorbike swing arm thing, a little motor linkage underneath. And I remember I'd ride the hardtail for a few weeks or a month, and I'd get back on the giant, and it was amazing. It was like I was way better. Yeah, I do think, like, yeah, there is there is that thing people say you have to learn on a hardtail. You definitely don't need to learn on a hardtail, but it is a good way to brush up on some skills. Like, even, I go to the pump track a few times a month, and, you know, a pump track one night and then the next day when i hop on my full suspension bike it's noticeable that you kind of pumping the corners a little better mm-hmm. it is a way to yeah. brush up those skills but you don't need to learn on it and you'll still be a totally fine mountain biker if you start on full suspension i don't think you need to but i think 
like a small hardtail encourages learning those type of skills. I honestly, like I can, one of the few things that I'm okay at is manualing and I would not have a clue how to do it if I grew up riding longer full suspension bikes that just like, I would never take my five inch travel trail bike to the skate park. I just wouldn't, you know, I want to be on some fun tool for the job and that isn't. When's the last time you went to a skate park, Levy? Uh, I go shred bowls all the, no, never. I'm just joking. <laughs> Levy just, Dude, Levy's so like, scary in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. He's in there on the Mondraker XC bike, just blasting the quarter pipe. Man, He's just I, like tracking in all the mud and dirt. So the skaters yeah. love him. I used to be able to do the spine and air out of the bowl and things like that. And then you hit the flat bottom a few times and you're like, no, nah, I'm good. The dirt's, I like the dirt. Yeah. So Kaz, sorry, go ahead, Brad. Uh, oh, I was just going to relay... I think the most the most early two thousands experience of my life was when I had a a banshee scream and a and a an on one gimp, and my banshee scream was out of commission for some reason, and my on one gimp I broke the what fork was it? What was the Manitou dirt jump fork? Minute? Uh, you didn't have a monster T on the front of your no well, no you're not wait. too Canadian, <laughs> but wait. So I took the Stratos S7 from my from my uh, Banshee Scream and put it on my on one gimp, and then I went and did a, a wheelie drop, like a pedal kick wheelie drop, off of a shed behind a church in my small town, and that that's like peaking. That reminds me of my buddy Wayne with the Banshee. I think it was the morphine hardtail. The morphine. Yeah. With he put a box around the front. I was like, Wayne, dog, that's not good. Don't do that. He put it on the front. It wasn't good. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who would have thought? Okay, let's talk about some pros and cons of this whole hardtail thing. Uh, the big con for me is not being able to walk upright after riding a hardtail, but that's just me. Brian, I think you have a whole lot of pros that might outweigh that con, eh? I mean, it's not... I don't think it can outweigh that con. Like, if you can't ride a bike because it hurts, you can't ride it. That's a that's kind of a non-starter. But there are, like, there are lots of good reasons for people to like hardtails. You know, they're simple. Name two. There's less shit to go wrong. That's can I, one. Can I, am I, can I, can I yeah, counter you can point you? You can be wrong. Okay. So wrong. full, full suspension bikes, that argument is bullshit. People are like, I use a hardtail because then I don't have to worry about my pivots. Things work pretty well these days. And most people go years without replacing pivots. When was the last time you went and paid to get suspension serviced? Mike Levy. Well, first of all, even if I didn't have this job, I would never pay anybody a dollar to service my bike. <laughs> they shouldn't. Like, you should fix it yourself. <laughs> you have all the tools in your house to do a full damper rebuild? Okay. Well, then that's cool. But you get to factor that price into the cost of the bike. Oh, man. I don't like this also, common sense thing. it's so easy thing. to clean. You don't have to get all the grime out of all of yeah. the little pivots. And you just like... Yeah. You definitely... No, no. You do make a very good point because my perspective, like I, I ride a test bike for a few weeks to a month and then it disappears, you know? So my perspective isn't isn't the right one. It's, it's, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, that means I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. They're, they're also, one point know, for a team hardtail. Yeah. <laughs> they're cheaper. All things considered. Yes, there are expensive hardtails. Yes, I'm yeah, riding. Yeah, how much that moots you're on? <laughs> God, it's, it is. So I put... Uh, I got a motorcycle rack and I put the moots on the back of my motorcycle or a bike rack for my motorcycle. And the moots is worth like five times the motorcycle. I feel like we're going to see a picture of that on Radivist or something. Yeah. No, it's definitely going down the full hipster route. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet though. Huh. It's so good. But yeah, overall they can be cheaper for sure. Uh, Although that, that number is, isn't as. If everything, what do you mean? You're not paying. Yeah. 
No, I mean, like they are cheaper, but right now you could buy a pretty good $3,000 full suspension bike That's true. and you could get a $3,000 hardtail and yeah. that full suspension bike is going to be better. Brian, would ride. you pick the $3,000 hardtail over a $3,000 full suspension bike? If I, no, but if I had a $1,000 suspend, I'd buy a hardtail. And a lot of people have a $1,000 suspend. Yeah, the like $1,000 like hardtail is, is a reasonable bike, whereas a $1,000 full suspension is a pile of garbage. Boss nut. Boss nut, what's next? I mean, that one's close. <laughs> that one's close. Sorry, I'm yeah, talking Canadian that, dollars. They're a little different up here. Yeah, I don't know what those are. Ours are more. Uh, conversions are complicated, yeah. but either so way. There's, um, that's two points for you. They're more okay. durable worry, and they're less expensive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on smooth terrain, they're a lot lighter. Or they're a lot more efficient, sorry. They are a lot lighter. There's two <laughs> they get lighter when they go on smoother terrain. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like a transformer. Yeah. They, they are more efficient on smoother terrain and they are lighter. I don't know if I buy that efficiency thing. Mm-hmm. You know, on the mountain, it, yeah, for sure. On smooth ground, for sure. But like the real world where there's bumps and stuff, being able to stay seated and like you're talking hours of riding and pedaling, eh, yeah, I don't believe you, it. Even for you on the on the efficiency test there from the field test, mm-hmm. the, the hardtail didn't win, did it? Nope. I guess the last good pro for me is that it does make shitty trails more fun. So if you live in a place like we speak from this place of privilege of like Squamish and Bellingham and whatever, but there are lots of places in the world where the trails just aren't that aggressive and hardtail can make a lot of sense there. Yeah, I would agree. And I, you know, I'm, I always ride that horse about everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people are on bikes with too much travel. Yeah. And I can't ride that horse and not agree with your horse. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a lot like your down country argument. Why you I know down country exactly. argument? I've ridden myself into a corner over the years <laughs> talking. Although I'd still take that epic Evo that you guys just tested. Yeah. I think it's twenty one pounds, and if I live somewhere with mellower terrain, I would rally that all the time. It's and 11, be faster and more comfortable than. Yeah, it's eleven thousand five hundred dollars though. Well, but I wouldn't have that one. Obviously, I would have the one that I could maybe afford, and it would then still it would be weigh twenty four pounds. Be twenty four, I bet. What are you going to add? Five, six pounds? What's going to make it that much heavier? I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It'd still be a really light bike. I mean, the, that Kona hardtail I was on last week was 33 pounds. So that is the worst comparison. <laughs> that is the most like straw man ass, <laughs> terrible argument. Oh, the, the free ride hardtail that costs $3,000 versus uh-huh. the $11,000. It's a lot heavier. That's just yeah, weird, stating some weird, facts. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Hardtails are obviously even more efficient, but I think comfort wise, especially big long rides, it's just full suspension is the way to go. Even if you only have. 100 millimeters of suspension, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like it, a full suspension is probably the best tool for the job, even if they're mellow, if it's mellow terrain. But just, compa- you know, adding that to all the other things, it can make crappy trails more fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I know. There are, I'm, I don't know if this is a con so much, but there definitely are some bragging rights for hardtails. Like, yeah, there's bragging rights. It's a rolling excuse. You can either do it and show your buddies how great you are because you did it on a hardtail or if you can't do something you can be like oh i couldn't do it i was on my hardtail i used to love riding with people on downhill bikes when i was on my hardtail my buddy and i we would go to the whistler bike park on our little sidekicks and 243 hardtails and purposely drop in behind people on downhill bikes i would say 70 percent of the time we ended up on our heads (laughs) I thought you were going to say you ended up keeping up next. Oh, no, definitely, definitely, definitely not. 10% of the time, yeah, that that felt great. And then it makes you feel really good, of course, if you're doing like some big drop or some big jump or some ridiculous line or keeping up to somebody who's not on or who's using a bike that's far more capable. 
So Greg 10% writes. of the time, if you feel really good about yourself, the rest of the time you end up on your head. It that's my life. like a great <laughs> yeah. experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my day, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it is impressive to see those riders that can do crazy things on hardtails. Like I've seen plenty of people that I know ride lines that I wouldn't do on any bike on kind of clapped out hardtails. So right. there's that kind of bragging side to the yeah. story. There's some downsides too, though, Kaz. And I think you should, you should tell us about some downsides, Kaz. We kind of hit on it, but you know, your ankles, your back, your body just gets beat up more on these things. And you know, Levy and I are getting old and we're fragile. So they just hey, Levy, they hurt how, sometimes. How old did you turn last week? 17. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again, for the, I'm bad at math. So I can't figure out what that is. To <laughs> Many times. Don't worry yeah. about it, everybody. <laughs> for, for the 23rd time. Yeah. Something like yeah. that, right? Something yeah. like that. Give or take 10 years. Yeah. So yeah, they do beat your body up more. And you know, on a, a shorter ride, an hour ride, two hour ride, it's not a big deal. But if you want to go for like a big epic ride, it, yeah. it can take a toll. Or you ride six, seven days a week. You know, you're the kind of rider who puts in 20 days in a row in the summer. And to be honest, you know, I like to think of myself as a tough dumbass who rides through the pain, but I couldn't do that. And I don't think you could either, Kaz. Yeah, no, probably not. Well, I'm tougher than you, so I could, but That's still. That's not true, but. He'd go 21 days if you went 20. And yeah, exactly. 21, yeah, he'd go exactly. 22. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, more power to anyone that has it as their only bike to ride all the time. But I think for a lot of people, it makes sense to have as an extra bike, you know. But obviously, that's not always possible. But they're fun to have to mess around on. But. That's the thing for an extra bike to me. It's, I don't understand that because it's difficult for me to go from riding a full suspension bike, especially a good one, to riding a hardtail. And it, like instantly you feel like shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, I don't know what I'm doing. That back and forth, I find that so hard. Mm-hmm. That little hardtail blurb that I wrote a couple of weeks ago, there are people in the comments saying like, we need someone who actually knows how to ride a hardtail to review these as if it's like a whole different thing. Like you need a hardtail specialist. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously all of us can hop on a hardtail within an hour of riding you're totally back to hardtail world like it's not hard i'd say within, within an hour of getting riding. beat to shit you're you remember you why remember. you don't do it uh-huh. <laughs> yeah like ah oh, there's still yeah but there's not like you know it takes some skill to ride a hardtail but it's not this like there's not this there is this weird holier than now like i can ride a hardtail but god sorry but it's not that That's hard the, like that is the worst that is the biggest con of the hardtail thing is the holier than now like massive flex bullshit yeah no shit but yeah like, but it's not like so, skill wise like if you can ride a full suspension bike and if you've only ridden a full suspension bike ever you could hop on a hardtail and like i said like within an hour you'd be like oh i've got this figured out. no it's not like a whole disagree 100 percent disagree not, how with is, you what's going to happen to you the bike reacts hard. entirely differently like if yeah, there's no suspension but it's pretty easy cats <laughs> if it's if you're okay say take a trail like a fairly ride rowdy trail that you're comfortable on though you know yeah and you ride it all the time on your full suspension bike, you go up there in a hardtail right now, Kaz, Mm -hmm. if the conditions aren't ideal, if it's a little wet or if it's a little dusty, let's just say it's traction, questionable traction, things are entirely different on a hardtail, let alone the very different geometry and how the geometry changes and doesn't change compared to full suspension. Yeah, but I mean, like by skill-wise, I'll still get down the trail. I just have to adapt. It's not hard to learn how to ride a hardtail. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll agree. You are just as skilled when you're on a hardtail Unfortunately, it's not going to look that way, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But I think what I'm saying is the point that people try to make it seem like they're better than other riders because they ride things on a hardtail as if they've learned some like, it's like learning to ride a unicycle and juggle and smoke a cigarette at the same time or something. That's hard, but a hardtail is not hard to ride. So if there's a really hard line and you're going to, you, you've talked yourself into it and you've ridden it and it's, you know, at the outer limits of your capabilities and you tried it and you cleaned it and then some guy does it 
on a hardtail, I would argue that that guy is a better rider than you, Kaz. Yeah. He's on a bike that makes it more difficult. But I could just get a hardtail and do it. I don't think you could sometimes. Well, sometimes, I, I, that's true. But we're in a, I think we're arguing two different things here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the point is that Ka- people were questioning Kaz's ability to review a hardtail. And the only thing that would hold Kaz's back in terms of reviewing a hard... There's nothing fundamental about, you know, he's ridden hardtails enough. He understands the things. The only thing that would hold him back from actually giving a verdict on a, on a hardtail versus other bikes is that he probably well he hasn't ridden a shitload of hardtails in the last little while so that'll change be able to make yeah exactly (laughs) he wouldn't be able to make super relevant comparisons but that wasn't even a review that you put out no and plus i I have like that bike was in the same realm as you know as the torrent we rode the torrent we rode the previous hans that we've ridden hardtails and stuff that's not the thing but either way it doesn't take someone special to ride a hardtail but it takes maybe a special desire to want that to be your only bike I think, Levy, you touched on it a little bit, the the way that the bikes change. And that, to me, is the biggest limitation of a hardtail. Is everything, especially on a hardtail with a lot of travel, like the hardcore hardtails, when you get on them, you ride, you hit a thing, you hit a bump, you hit technical terrain, everything gets worse about the bike as it goes through its travel. Um, you know, on a full suspension, you hit something, you don't... It, the bike either gets marginally slacker or stays about the same. Um, you know, you're scared, you're scared, you're, you're hitting things, you got chunky terrain, your bike reacts predictably on a hardtail, your reach pulls you forward. Uh, your head tube angle goes from 65 to 70 degrees. Um, it's, it's terrifying. And uh, I think that's one of the the biggest limitations of hardtail is why like holy crap when all these xc bikes are coming out and they're like 120 mils of travel 70 degree head tube angle i'm like jesus christ what's that going to look like when you hit something uh you'll be all right i don't know i don't you think you, you notice as his retort yeah you'll be all right <laughs> you'll be fine i mean i don't know if like the head angle change on paper it, it does change a bunch you, you kind of notice it but i've never like when you're deeper in the travel it's not like you're steering that you're not steering the bike a lot. Like the handling doesn't drink. You're not really handling the bike when you're deep in the travel of the fork on your long travel hardtail. So I don't think that's a, the steepening isn't as much of a detriment to me. It's more the fact that the back end is just getting knocked around. But I've got a question for you, Kaz. When we were in Sedona, you had that Norco. It's one of those long slackish hardcore hardtails. And we had some, some trail bikes that tended to ride the same thing. And you rode that hardtail and you rode full suspension bikes on some pretty steep lines. I saw you ride down some steep shit. Tell me how the difference feels. Yeah, I mean, on a full suspension, you just feel more in control because you do have that the back end to kind of like with a with a long, a modern long, like we'll call it, what do we call it, hardcore hardtail. You end up kind of riding the fork. It's almost like a pogo stick. You're putting your weight on the fork to kind of take the edge off all the bumps and letting that back end kind of float around. Where on a full suspension bike, you're kind of more centered in the middle. You can kind of go faster. Um, and definitely, yeah, I felt way more in control on the full suspension bikes cause I was, so, <laughs> you know, like when things start getting rowdy and you're just getting knocked around on the hardtail, it's, yeah. it's, it can be a challenge. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's fun, but not my everyday fun. I don't know. I, yeah. To me, I still think a lot of that is, is head tube angle. Like I de- I'm running that, I'm running that moots with more pressure in the fork than I should. I'm with less sag, more pressure just to feel a little less nervous. Yeah. Um, it's it, that bike, the angles are pretty progressive, but it, it, because it has such a long fork, I almost would love to see that bike with similar angles, but built around like a hundred mil or 120 mil fork. 
Yeah, without rear suspension to keep that rear tire on the ground, your bike, not only is it getting steeper because your fork Mm -hmm. is going into its travel, like it should, doing its job, but your back end is also getting kicked up, you know, here and there, you're rolling into things with your back tire off the ground. Ah! Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the noise that hardtails make. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So, serious question though, Brian. We're doing a lot of value stuff lately. The people seem to love it. It makes a lot of sense. Should we be doing more hardtail reviews? And especially because they are often less expensive. Are we going to see more of them? Are you going to make us do more? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just need, I mean, in in our defense, I we also, I need to hire some people that aren't creaky old men with bad ankles and broken backs and stuff. I don't want to put you guys through too much of that. Um, but a little bit. I think one of our next, years uh field tests will have a full hardtail category or we might even just do the whole thing as hardtails with two different categories we'll see um but definitely we need to do some more hardtails and yeah and for the hardtails one of the difficult things about reviewing them is that they're pretty similar i mean geometry differences in the frame can feel a little bit different but you know you get a bunch of these full suspension bikes and as similar as some of those are they at least have differences in you know how they handle big hits and how the suspension feels when you're pedaling but with a hardtail it's a lot of similarities can make it difficult to kind of feel inspired to just keep reviewing them over and over again. Uh, do you think that you could tell or that anybody could tell the difference between, uh, you know, blind test bike taped up that new Mondraker and, and the new Canyon, if it was taped up? I don't know. I feel like do probably think? not. If you're looking at, you know, they're both in that same weight range. And if the geometry is equal, it'd be an interesting experiment. I just feel like you'd, feel like you're on a light hardtail in both cases and that would be it i would struggle you know i i i'm always impressed how much people can write about road bikes too mm-hmm. i yeah. guess dan saf kind of did that with the viathon back to back with the epic right yeah i mean but there were so many big picture differences there in terms of price and just the way even there the weight was quite dramatic mm-hmm. um yeah It'd be interesting to do some kind of steel frame versus aluminum frame thing too. There's a lot of that steel is real. You need to ride the steel. It's so flexy and compliant, magical. But like when you're out there like bashing around a Sedona on a steel bike versus aluminum bike, it feels the same level of bashiness. Like yeah, I feel there's just subtle differences. Both. <laughs> yeah, but you're not getting this like magical suspended ride. You know, you're like oh, it's got like a little more maybe a duller feel to it. But that's still like that's a nuance. It's not. It doesn't just smack you over the head like oh, I must be on an aluminum bike or I must be on a steel bike. So, I su- I suspect to test these hardtails, it'll make more sense for us, like take the field test approach and it makes those comparisons easier when we have a whole bunch of them in and back to back to back. I also don't think, I I think we won't do, uh, we won't do full on XC race hardtails. You know, we, yeah, we've, we've done enough XC. For a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ban on spandex for like, that's like fair. Six months. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 Baggy shorts only for a bit. Um, I mean, Levy, you can wear spandex for the trail bikes too, if you want. Just under your no baggy you know, shorts. I've been, With a I've been taking helmet, no, I've been taking a little break from the bike since we wrapped up field testing, and now I don't feel like I could fit into any of the spandex. I've been eating my feelings after fil- uh, field test filming. Donuts, negative <laughs> yeah. comments. Just, Donut. Just negative comment. Donut. Yeah, reading the comments and crying. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> I can't fit into all this medium juro stuff anymore. It's way too tight. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay i'm pretty sure you only had like one or two kids for yeah. the entire two weeks <laughs> okay so if we do this field test brian mm-hmm. if we get a bunch of hardtails in with non-scary angles what are some brands that interest you 
Uh, well, I, I've been spending a lot of nights up with a, we've got a, a newborn and, uh, I make really bad purchasing decisions at four in the morning. So I bought, I bought a Kotick, a Kotick, uh, I forget what it's called. Solaris, something like that. You forgot the name of the bike you bought? <laughs> yeah. Solaris. <laughs> bike industry problems. Happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And an angle set. So I'm going to make some dumb, dumb choices in a minute. Um, we need you to start talking with the British accent. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to do all that. <laughs> Put all the anodized parts on it. Yeah. No, there won't be any brightly colored anodized parts on it. The codec will be the most, the frame will be the most British thing about it. But those guys are doing interesting stuff. Um, Pipe Dream is doing some, some interesting stuff. Uh, I think they might have some new stuff coming. Um, yeah, I think the, the trail bike category is the most interesting for me. I, it, the hardcore hardtail thing, I just, I don't think, I can endorse it. So I think let's let's do trail bikes. Yeah, no, those hardcore hardtails, they're terrible a lot of times, to be honest with you. They feel so unbalanced. Um, but trail bikes, yeah. For me, I think Trek makes some pretty interesting trail bikey hardtails, don't they? I think that that might be a consideration to put on the list as well. I think we'll probably end up doing the like slightly more aggressive and slightly less aggressive and then probably two price points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see those, those BMCs. Um, something um yeah those look pretty fun yeah i think that yeah. kind of genre of bike like kind of like 67 to 65 head angle somewhere mm-hmm. in there it's almost like what what we were calling all mountain bikes the full suspension bikes a few years ago now that's kind of trickled down these hardtails which is kind of you know your bike you can grab go out for a little rip it doesn't need to go straight down the hill and you also don't need to wear spandex so. just grab your hardtail go for a quick little quick little rip to make your ankles and knees and back sore and yeah, yeah ride and down chiropractor and, <laughs> yep all set <laughs> go home and crack an ipa eh? yeah yeah hey. <laughs> yeah are are these things more pure when I mean, in in air quotes you know i talk a lot about kaz i talk a lot about how we should all be on like short travel bikes and how we're all on things, bikes that actually make it more difficult for a lot of people. You know, there's too slack and they're too much squish and you're not sending it. You're not going that fast. So we, a lot of people are. So we should have this argument in another podcast about how yes. you're wrong when you're trying to get everybody to ride these weird little downcountry bikes. Where like Not specifically big... downcountry bikes. I'm just saying maybe, you know, one bracket down from where they are travel wise. And if, if I keep going on about that, shouldn't I be a fan of hardtails? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who's riding 100 millimeters. Definitely. Yeah, you need less travel. You're too much. Right. Somebody on a pro caliber, it's like, no, you need to be on a hardtail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you can think of any interesting hardtails for us to include in our upcoming hardtail field test that I think has a good chance of happening. Brian's nodding at me, so I think it's it has a good chance of happening. Think trail bike. Think hardtail. Let us know in the comments uh, any ideas that you have. And let's head to Comment Gold and see what people have been saying. There's been some funny ones lately. Yeah, let's start off with the comment from What a Johnny. And this is in regards to the Yeti SB115 field test video. So he's got a little dialogue going on. And this is from, says, Yeti, it's a race bike. PB, it's not a race bike. Yeti, it's a new bike. PB, it's not a new bike. So kind of poking <laughs> fun about how their marketing doesn't quite always agree with what we find when we ride the bikes. And Can I? No. I just need to, I just need to say a few things here. That, that SB115, the way that I reviewed it, you know, I talked about it in relation to those other test bikes. And yeah, the thing was... Which is how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, for sure. That's, how, that's, the, that's the choice that consumers are making. You, you do the good thing. <laughs> I'm not saying I did anything wrong. I mean, 
I feel like I read, I read some of those comments and I feel like some people thought that I was just shitting on this bike, that it's a terrible bike. And it is definitely not. The thing is very capable. Um, I mean, just compared to those brand new bikes that are completely new, it did feel maybe a little dated. That's all. That's it. It's a good bike. I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a good bike for a lot of people. But for some people that wanted the brand new thing from Yeti, that's not it. Yeah. I would be so curious to see what you would have thought of that bike if that's what had come out instead of the SB100. Yeah, and also, also, I just want to mention too that Yeti never tried to hide the fact that this thing was based on the SB100. Like, it's like, this is an SB100 frame with a bit more travel. But yeah, no, I would, I would, I'd be curious about that too, Brad, for sure. Because like, if this thing had come out three, four years ago, our expectations and what we want a bike to do and that kind of thing, they evolve, right? So... Yeah, on the other hand, the Geo isn't that far off from the new scalpel. So, yeah, <laughs> there well, you go. That's yeah, that's that's how field tests work in yep. some comparisons. Uh, the next com- the next comment comes from Bomatics, and this is related to the Life After Rampage article with Kyle Norbratton. And Bomatics says Norb's got jobbed. That's a take He's on the old Norb's got robbed <laughs> thing from back in the day because Norb's is an electrician now. I don't know if that'll so, become a hashtag, but. But yeah, I'm not funny. sure. <laughs> but it is always good to see what these guys do after, uh, yeah, something like Rampage or the life of a pro free rider. But looks like he's having fun out there still, still riding hard. So. Yeah. And then the next one is from a kind of little compilation article that James put together of different, um, yeah, just things happening in the cycling world. And the top comments from Jeremiah Watts, or let's see, Jeremiah was, and he says, man, those guys had a hell of a time out there. And this is for the article where the guys had a bunch of hail storm hit this road race and they just got totally demolished. It looks looked like so they had painful. a bad episode of like cupping, but like, yeah. I thought that bad. when I looked at it closely, I was like, oh, that's funny. They're showing a picture of like really bad acne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It the worst case of back so acne bad. ever. Yeah. yeah. Those really guys are like, animals. Uh. Yeah. They are, really they are so gnarly for doing that shit. Yeah. Without the and hail. Good, and they're in the road the yeah. tires on like really slippery snow and hail and pavement and dancing shoes. Like it's just Yeah, terrible. exactly. So but yeah, I don't know so how good, I don't know how I feel about, I don't know how I feel about these puns. This event I like precipitate changes puns. in the leaderboards. I don't know, man. That's I love puns. Well, yeah, I mean it's simple. Jeremiah's is the best. It. Yeah, but puns yeah. are good. <laughs> Maybe I, it's that's perfect. It. We have simple minds. Uh-huh. Your brain is yeah. your brain is too complex, Brian. Yeah. I only no. think brain teasers are funny, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, on that note, Brian, aren't you like boggle champion of BC? Isn't no, it? but I was I was pretty good at Scrabble for a while. No, aren't you at Scrabble? Weren't you literally the Scrabble champion of BC? No, no, no but I was I was in the top ten though. Of BC yeah. or Canada? Of BC. I mean that's pretty crazy. Not that impressive. I'm thanks, impressed. Thanks, thanks, Levy. <laughs> I'm sure I'm never. I'm sure I'm gonna. Nobody's ever gonna make fun of me for that. They're that's never gonna exactly play Scrabble why I with said you. It. That's for sure. <laughs> I wish there were pictures of you on the internet of playing Scrabble. Right now, we're all frantically looking. googling. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe the right. pseudonym he plays under. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. That wraps it up for episode 19 of the Pink Bike Podcast. That's our feeling on hardtails. Let us know in the comments below what you think about hardtails. And yeah, we're going to definitely review more of these things in the future. It's just not going to be me or Kaz doing it. Um, And also, ask us questions. Ask those questions underneath this article. Let us know what you want to see. Let us know what you want answered. Go ride your bikes, everybody. See you next week. (laughs) 